1: Hey everyone, if you didn't know already, our friends at Voyage Media have a new show out right now. It's called Love, Murder, Florida. Jane Lynch stars in this dark comedy crime podcast, reminiscent of Better Call Saul or How Stella Got Her Groove Back, but with murder. Two rival bus service operators have a business feud that turns personal and then turns deadly after one of them takes a trip to Florida and engages in a passionate affair with a mysterious stranger. Fargo-esque in its twists and turns of ordinary people getting mixed up in serious crime, this audio drama takes you for a walk on the wild side of Florida Strange. And we at Seven Lamb know Florida Strange. So if you're looking for a new show to binge, look for Love Murder Florida wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks, and enjoy the season five finale of End of All Hope. Seven Lamb Productions presents End of All Hope Season 5 Episode 16 Bodega Bay Part 2
2: Dana took a while to get back, but when he did, he had bad news.
3: A lot. Is it more than we can handle? I mean, I don't think we should try.
2: Travis had joined us in the back of the convoy when Chris ran up to tell him of Dana's return. How far back are they?
3: Uh, a day or so. But it looks like they're tracking us.
2: Huh. Wonder why they bypassed the zone.
3: Who knows? Maybe they came from the west. I wonder if Maria would help divert them. No, they're too far north now.
2: You really think she'd want to do that? She's got (laughs) enough things to worry about. She wouldn't risk it at this point.
3: I think we'll be okay if we can maintain this speed. Okay. I'm going to assign a few more volunteers to the back to assist you, Mia.
2: Do we have enough guns?
3: Or volunteers? No, but I'll figure it out. Any word from the base? Nothing. We've been trying to contact them for a while now.
2: But it's been radio silence.
3: Well, that's not good. No shit. But I put Hudson on radio duty. He'll let us know if anything comes through. Okay. Mia. Yeah? Anything to add?
2: Nope. Not if you send us back up. right. Let's keep moving, then. Actually, we never stopped. Well, Travis Dane and I did, but everyone else continued on. I could just barely see Chris and Rhett in the distance, keeping an eye on a few stragglers. Alright, let's go. (music)
4: Bree, you have. But I think it's important we do what's best for each of us. And that isn't the same thing.
5: I do like it here.
4: I know. And that's why I'm asking.
5: I don't want to make this decision,
4: but you have to.
5: Um, well, what about Connor?
4: I'm not worried about Connor. I'm worried about you.
5: I... uh, I guess I'll... stay. Okay. I'm sorry.
4: There's no need to be.
5: They're nice people, Clara and Charles. I know. And I like their kids. We get along. I know. And Connor's here, and he's not so bad.
4: (laughs) You don't have to explain, Bree. I understand. And that's why I asked.
5: You're sure they're okay with it?
4: Positive.
5: I'll, uh, I'll miss you, though.
4: I'll miss you, too. And I did. Right now, things weren't so bad, because I was with Ryan. But once we parted, I'd be on my own.
6: This trail here isn't so bad. But I figure in a year's time, it'll be overgrown. You can already see it happening.
4: We were walking along a trail with yellow posts. There were several trails in these woods, but Ryan explained the longest ones were color-coded. Yellow and blue ran north to south, while orange and red ran east to west. It'll be crazy what nature reclaims, now that things are the way they are.
6: And there's the alien plants.
4: I guess nature will depend on what the aliens do to it. Hey, I meant to ask you earlier, but what's with the plane?
6: You mean, what do we use it for? Yeah. The dude that flies it used to do tours of wine country. Now he uses it to search for survivors and to monitor the area.
4: He can spot aliens from up there?
6: Yeah, and those asshole truckers who go around causing trouble. (laughs) They even tried to shoot him down a couple times. Oh. I don't know the guy personally, but from what I hear, he says people don't understand the true destruction in the area. It wasn't until he was way up there, overlooking the towns and highways, that he said the realization set in.
4: I can imagine.
6: I figure. Because of that, I'm much happier staying on the ground.
4: (laughs) Me too.
7: What about our boat? Your boat will be fine.
8: I couldn't believe we made it. I was elated. So much so that I didn't even care when they boarded our boat and confiscated our weapons. Ambridge, on the other hand, wasn't too happy about that. But what else could we do? We were outnumbered.
5: There are a lot of people here.
8: She was right. We saw crowds in the distance. After getting boarded, the dude with the ponytail named Spencer helped us sail to the docks. Which is good, because I don't think we could have managed such a smooth entry into the bay. This way. We were at the Bay Sports Fishing Center. There were several RVs and small homes on our left, with the docks and harbor to our right. Spencer led us through the gravel parking lot of the marina RV park until we reached a small brick building. The two guards that followed us ended up stopping just behind the rope fence.
7: Gotta get scanned. Of course. Of course. Over here.
8: They separated us and stripped us down to our underwear. We stood behind some shower curtains waiting for inspection. Eventually two people entered. One woman, one man. Both wore mask and
1: gloves. There's got to be an easier way. We used to have electronic devices that use blood samples. And what happened to them? The building where we used to do this caught on fire. Lost everything in it. How'd that
9: happen?
8: No one knows. Ambridge was talking to the male inspector eventually turned to me. Your turn. Five minutes later, we walked out of the building to see Spencer and the guards waiting. Good to go? Seems
7: like it.
5: Gotta love a little invasion of privacy to start your day.
8: It's the way
7: things are now.
8: I noticed a crowd of people across the street. It even looked like there were street vendors. Hey, can we go over to the crowded area and find- Whoa,
7: whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not done here yet. We aren't? You need to be registered. Registered? That's right. Everyone here gets registered and assigned. Assigned to what? A job. What kind of job? We'll see. You know, there's plenty of jobs that need to be done here, but it'll be dependent on what's currently available. We're not looking for work.
8: No. We're looking for my family.
7: That's all fine and good, but if you plan on staying here, then you need to be registered. And if you don't want to, well, I can have Nikolai show you the exit.
8: Wait. Can't we see if my family is here first?
7: There is no first. It's either one or the other. You want to stay or do you want to go? I need to know now. You guys have a really
9: strict setup
7: here, huh? You think I like being on harbor patrol? On the water ten hours a day? I never even stepped foot on a boat before all this. took me two weeks to stop throwing up. I still get nauseous at times. Try going through a storm. Been there. Now, what will it be?
8: I looked to Ambridge. I could see him contemplating the idea. Guys... But me and Kylie shrugged. I mean, I want to see if Dad and Andy are here. That was the whole point. Fine. Let's get registered.
6: rest again? No. Ah, the excitement of getting out of these woods is getting to you.
4: The excitement of being close to Bodega Bay is getting to me. Although it's a bit of anxiety too. Not sure what to expect.
6: Well, if it's like Eli said, it's bad. But if you made it this far, you can make it the rest of the way. I'm sure of it. You know how those creatures are, right? Just avoid the cities and towns and you should be fine. Although...
4: Although... This area isn't all that safe either, right? Ryan stopped and pulled a water bottle out of his bag. He drank for a moment, then held the bottle out to me. I politely declined with a head shake and he put it away.
6: Listen, just stay as hidden as you can. Stay off the main highways, follow the trails and dirt roads, and avoid people. I plan to. And especially watch out for anyone with an eagle tattoo on their neck. An eagle? That's right.
4: That belonged to one of the men in the trucks?
6: The one who's in charge, at least we think. And the one who killed my friend, Aiden. Oh. Yeah, we may have fought them off and scared them away from the lake, but they still scan the area, looking for people to torment, women to... Well, you know.
4: But this far out? Aren't we far enough away? Where I saw those guys was south of the lake. We're pretty far north, right?
6: Northwest, actually. And far? Eh, they travel around. They can do with how many working jeeps and trucks they have. Somehow, they've managed to keep them running.
4: Okay. Well, I'll be careful. I don't normally trust others anyway.
6: Except for the girl.
4: Well, yeah. And the boy. <laughs> okay. And me? I never said I trust you. You don't? I don't know. But there's a reason I keep you in front of me and my hand hovering over my gun.
6: <laughs> Good.
4: You don't take offense to that?
6: Not at all. It's good to know you're cautious. You need to be.
4: Don't be surprised. I've traveled a long way to get here, and it wasn't easy. I know what precautions I need to take.
6: I believe it. You've been through a lot, but we all have. It's exhausting always having to be on your guard, right? It sucks for the good people. (laughs)
4: Like you?
6: I like to help where I can. And there's no ulterior motive? Do you think there is? I'm just asking. And I'm just messing around. There's not. You seem like a decent person. But you are not sure. Sadly, like you, I don't know. We haven't spent enough time together.
4: He smirked, and we walked another couple of minutes in silence.
6: Uh, that's a hell of a thing, though, right? What? Having to worry about people more than aliens. At least over here.
4: Sure, yeah. But are you surprised? I feel plenty of books, movies, and shows have warned us what people are capable of.
6: History, too. Still comes as a shock to me, though, when I see it firsthand.
4: Not to me. Not now. He was quiet for a little while as we headed up the ridge and onto a flat section of gravel and dried grass. Wow. It's beautiful.
6: It really is.
4: We stood there, taking it all in for a moment, until he finally tapped my elbow and motion towards the
6: right. Not much further, now.
4: Okay. All this talk about trust, and here I was following a man I just met a few days ago into the woods. But I wasn't lying when I said my hand was hovering over my gun. Ryan seemed okay, but that didn't mean he was.
6: Can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Do you think if there was an ulterior motive, it would make me less of a good person? Depends what it is. Okay, okay. Good point. Is there? No, no. Just a question on morality. Part of me thinks you're skeptical of my help. And while I think it's good to be cautious and careful around new people, I wonder if the divide between good and evil can be clearly defined.
4: I don't think there's an easy line to draw in the sand, no. But I think there's a way to figure out if someone is genuinely good or genuinely bad.
6: How? When you helped the girl, did you do it for any other reason than to just help her?
4: Yeah, kind of. Oh? guilt. Really? Guilt? Why is that? It's how I was with a lot of people after the meteors fell. You meet someone and you want them to be good. You want to help each other. (sighs) Brielle wanted help. She needed help. She was alone. I think I would have felt guilty if me and Mark left her there on the side of the road. Oh. What about you?
6: I help when I can, but I never feel guilty for not helping. But me helping you is a little different than you helping Brielle, I guess. Why's that? You said she wanted help. She did. You didn't. I could tell. But I offered anyway.
4: He turned to face me.
6: But don't feel guilty. Not anymore. I know you realize things are going to be different now that you'll be walking alone. I'm sorry about your friend, Mark. It seems he didn't make it. And with your two younger travel companions staying back at the lake, well... I know you know to be extra careful. And maybe you have been traveling for some time alone. I don't know. But the people out here, the ones driving around, tormenting people, they're dangerous and sick. So don't let guilt trick you into thinking any other way. Trust me.
4: I've already thought about it. When Mark died, I did things differently. And now that I'll be traveling alone for the first time, I plan on changing tactics even more. Loneliness won't get to me, and neither will guilt. Good.
7: Hey, Be careful there.
8: Sorry. I
7: just... I I get it. But that book's really important. Don't rip any of the pages.
8: I was trying to hold back my excitement as I searched the registration book. We had already signed it and they had taken pictures of us to put in the book. In fact, Spencer was back with the pics now.
7: This all feels a little weird. How is that?
5: Pictures? This isn't a high school yearbook.
7: No, but it helps us keep track of our community. And that's important? You don't think so? I didn't say that. Just trying to get an understanding of how this place is run. Hey, you guys haven't been to many other quarantine zones, have you? Not many. But we did come from one. Oh yeah? Where's that? Denver. Uh, that's that's a long way. We know. Was military still in charge?
5: No. They left a long time ago.
7: Same here. Bodega Bay was a QZ for a whole two weeks till the military abandoned it. What are you getting at? We had to take matters into our own hands. Who is this hour you speak of? You and who else? Oh, not me. I'm not in charge of anything. I told you, I have a job here, and I wasn't lucky enough to pick it. What about us? You'll be assigned soon enough. Every Sunday, they look at the new person section.
5: Um, when Sunday?
7: Two days from now.
5: Oh. Hey, guys!
8: It's them! They're here! My family is here!
9: Grant, do you copy? Keaton, anyone?
10: Still nothing. God damn it.
3: What are the odds they're just busy with something else? Anything's possible,
10: but I think it's unlikely.
9: Yeah, not for this long.
10: Unless that other thing they're busy with is the assholes trying to take over.
2: Travis, you mentioned reassessing if things changed. Well, things have changed.
10: Yeah, yeah.
3: Shit. I could head up. Alone? Well, I mean, I did it with the thrashers.
11: People are different, Dana. We've experienced
12: that firsthand. What is going on with the thrasher situation?
3: They're getting closer. It's why I didn't want to rest long tonight.
2: No, no, you can't keep pushing these people.
3: I have to. Maybe we should have the vehicles break from the herd. And do what? Head to the base? If it's clear, we don't want those creatures getting too close. But that's the point. We don't know if it's clear.
2: You can send a group up. Okay, we've discussed it before.
3: Yeah, like we did on our initial visit. That backfired. It may backfire again.
2: But it's better than leading the whole convoy up that way.
12: Especially if the situation isn't so good.
3: And what about the thrashers?
12: If we keep moving.
3: No, no. We need a line of defense. Travis, seriously. Send a group up. We clear the base, make sure it's safe. Then we have a secure place to deal with the thrashers.
2: Dana has a point. We need to make a decision. Okay, I say we send a group up, then... Here's what we'll do. (laughs) Of course he cut me off.
3: We'll take a member from each guard group and send them up to find out exactly what's going on at the base. Dana, you'll check on the thrashers again, but this time, take Hudson. What for? So you can make the judgment call about the vehicles. And depending how close they are, we may need to split up the side guard groups to provide more cover in the back of the convoy.
12: So who's going to the base? Because I'd like to.
3: Fine. Gail, handle it for me. Hudson, Dana, let's go and load the bike so you can check on our tag-along friends. Okay.
2: Travis, Hudson, and Dana walked to the back of the truck while the rest of us just stood there awkwardly.
11: So, is it going to be us going then?
10: We'll need someone from Dana's group since she's scouting out thrashers.
11: Sybil, Terrell, Rich, or Vinca?
10: Whoever wants to join. We need to tell the number twos of each guard group. They're in charge while we're going.
4: Hmm. Let me guess, Mia.
2: That means me. It does.
4: I don't like that.
2: Look, we can't take Jess. She's safer here and she's safer with you. But Chris just rolled her eyes and walked off. Back to the back of the convoy. <laughs>
6: What's a
4: track? That
6: took you farther than I originally planned. Remember, I have to walk back.
4: <sighs> I appreciate it. Looks like there's still plenty of forest left.
6: Yeah, this is hardly the end. But see there, where the woods start to thin out? Yeah. That's the road. What road? It's the old state road. Runs parallel to 155. How far is that? Two miles? Possibly, if it were a straight line. But the trail winds, so... It could be more. Okay. Still up for it? Of course. Eventually, 155 ends. Can't remember which town, but there are more trails on the north side of the highway. You get across, you can follow any of them. Remember, blue and yellow run north and south. Red and orange run east and west.
4: Thank you. Oh, I almost forgot. He reached into his pack and pulled out a compass.
6: Here. This military sighting compass is badass. Sturdy. Sturdy. Waterproof and glows in the dark. You sure? It'll help you more than me. I'm not traveling far anytime soon.
4: Thank you. I opened it, pretending to test it out, then slid it in my pocket.
6: <sighs> okay, well, I'm sure Charles and Claire already offered, but if you ever want to come back...
4: Trust me, if there's nothing for me where I'm heading, then yeah, I may be back. Although... Although? Although, it probably depends on what lies between here and Bodega Bay.
6: Makes sense. Just be careful. And don't forget.
4: He tapped the side of his neck.
6: Eagle tap. I won't. Okay. Well, this is where we part ways, then.
4: Thank you for everything. Really. He smiled. Good luck, Ava. I nodded and took a deep breath. From here on out, I was on my own.
2: Was early morning of day six, and while we were making better time, we were still at least a day and a half out, if not more. Can't believe there's still no word from the base.
6: Yeah, this better not all be pointless.
4: You sure you have enough ammo, Mia?
2: Yeah, and I just came back here to tell you Travis is sending a few more people back.
4: I think we have enough.
2: Nah, fuck that. We need as many as possible. You heard Dana, those fuckers are closer. Last check-in had the Thrashers no more than 20 miles behind us. I couldn't believe they were tracking us like this.
4: I just want you to know I'm still upset.
2: Because you don't get to watch me play hero?
4: I never asked you to be a hero.
2: (sighs) Okay, maybe not, but this is what you wanted from me, right? To help the QZ, to help these people. I want you to lead, not continue to put yourself in harm's way. Sometimes that's what it takes.
4: Well, then maybe I'd let it slide if it actually led to you running things.
2: Whoa! Me is thinking
13: of running the show?
2: Ugh, no, Ira. Well, you should. You'd have my vote. Over Travis? A tipped-over trash can would have my vote. Can you guys keep it down, please? Travis had sent other guards to the back who walked not too far from us. Tabitha, Nikita, Gary, and Mac were all sent back as reinforcements. We had over 30 guards taking care of the convoy, but they were about to be five short, as me, Gil, Harlow, Annie, and Terrell were heading up to the base to find out what was going on. Hey, Mia! I saw Terrell now in the crowd, waving to me. They're ready. Okay, I have to go. Fine.
5: Bye, Mia. Be careful.
2: I will. I promise. I gave both Chris and Jess a hug, then trotted off
13: after Terrell. <laughs>
4: This was the moment I knew I would hate. The first night alone. I wasn't even tired, but I knew I couldn't keep walking. I had to rest. The goal was 30 miles a day, if possible. I was so nervous right now. There was no one to keep watch. It was up to me to remain alert at all times. I should have thought about this more. I wasn't a heavy sleeper, but how could I do this? That's when I realized I needed to stop doubting myself. For so long, I thought I couldn't do this without Mark. But I could. I sat there listening to the owls and cicadas, dreading falling asleep. Right now, I was on a ridge overlooking more vast forests. The trees were pretty spread out here. Not a lot of cover. At least being on this ridge with a decently steep incline protected me on one side. But still, I was worried about the moment I closed my eyes. I pulled the gun into my sleeping bag next to my side. I didn't zip up either, just in case I needed to jump up in a hurry. But it was cold, or maybe I was shivering more out of nervousness. Nearly three hours passed before my eyes became heavy. You can do this, Ava. You can. Minutes later, I was out. Two days later, I was still in the woods. I hadn't been able to reach that 30 mile goal because of how rough the trail was, but now I was off of the old state road and north of 155. I stayed following the small highway past a town called Alta Sierra. The few homes just outside the town lacked any real supplies, but I didn't want to stay long. I heard trucks last night and made sure to sleep far away from the highway. I was getting low on water. Part of me wanted out of the woods, and part of me knew things would be a lot worse when I hit the cities, so I just dealt with the winding trails and mountainous trek. Another hour passed and I found myself wandering. The trail seemed to dissipate, or maybe I made a wrong turn. Maybe the trail was just too overgrown, like Ryan said. Either way, I knew the highway was to my left, so I stayed near it, but far enough away to not be seen by passersby. My back was killing me but I only ever noticed when I wasn't daydreaming. In the last couple days, all I did was daydream and think about my life up until this point. Not just with the invasion, but everything. I thought about my childhood, middle school, and high school. I thought about my mom and dad, about the abuse. I thought about Cooper, mom's dog, and all the pets I had prior. I thought about my love of animals and what had led me to my degree and eventually, profession. I thought about the moment I met Mark and Jay. I thought about every ex-boyfriend that led up to Scott. Then I thought about what Mark said, about his feelings for me. Thinking about Mark and Scott made me feel sick. I thought about what things would be like if Mark was still here. And I thought about what things would be like if Scott was in Ramona. Then I thought about how guilty I felt not thinking more of Jay my mom, Christina, and everyone else that I missed. (sighs) How could something like this happen? And why now? I thought about the aliens, the shriekers, thrashers, stalkers, and their ships. I thought about how I made it all the way across the country and I still didn't know if it was worth it. I thought about Lake Isabella, and I wondered if I made the right decision. Right now I did, but what if Scott wasn't in Bodega Bay? What if the area was like so many others right now, covered in alien growth, swarming with creatures? Stop, Ava, your mind is drifting too far now. You saw the note, he's there, and you're gonna make it, no matter what. Every night was a struggle. This was the fourth night in the woods. I hadn't come across anyone or any creature, save for a few birds and a rabbit. It started to dawn on me that this trek would take a lot longer than originally expected. (sighs) I'd found a nice little hill where the trees were spread far apart. With the bright moonlight, I could see a good distance all around me. Once again, it wasn't easy. But after a couple hours, I was able to drift off That was far away, but not far enough. (sighs) I stood there for a good ten minutes, scanning the area, but seeing nothing. That for sure came from the highway. Okay. Okay. I checked the time. 5.30. Pretty early. Only four hours of sleep. But my heart was racing. It would take too long to get back to sleep. So I decided to start walking now. I ate a granola bar, packed my bag, and headed out. It was 9 now. I decided to divert from the highway because of the sounds I heard several hours ago. I hadn't heard anything since, but now I was lost. Great. I climbed a near hill and looked down at more trees, rocks, brush, and dried grass. I spun around. Where the hell was the highway? I needed it. Maybe diverting wasn't the smartest decision. Good job, Ava. No trail, no road, no idea. I pulled the compass out of my pocket. This was at least the right direction. Okay. And I followed the same direction for another two hours until I heard water. It was a creek. Perfect. I bend down and drank. I was always worried what might be in water like this. There could be spores from the ships or alien plants. But I didn't have time or desire to boil anything right now. So I took a gamble and drank and it tasted so good. So much better than the lake. Oh, that's right. I remembered I still had the life straw. I bend down over the softly rolling water and drank more although if there was anything in the water, it was probably too late now. The creek was small, but it was a good sign. The direction for which it flowed meant I could follow it, at least for a little while. And I could replenish my bottles. I sat there at the edge of the creek on a flat rock, debating about climbing in and cooling off, until I smelled something, smoke. I spun around, and there, right behind me, a small little dirt mound of smoking logs and sticks, not more than 10 yards away. I grabbed my pack and readied my gun. I heard movement, but I wasn't sure where it came from. All I knew was that someone was near. There were a few lit specks still peeking out from the ash, but the recent fire had been smothered. Next to the mound was an open pack with a water bottle and a flask sticking out, a dirty jacket hanging over a low branch, and a rifle. Oh shit. The little camp was deserted, but with everything here, I bet whoever left would be back shortly. I went to the rifle, it was loaded.
14: Hey, that's mine.
4: I spun around to see a shaggy-haired 20-something wearing a long sleeve flannel shirt and muddied beige pants. Don't move. I aimed my revolver at the man while still holding the rifle.
14: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey. We're good. Everything's
4: good. I didn't know what to do, but I kept looking around. Just you? What? Is it just you? Is there anyone else? I just went to take a crap. There isn't anyone else, not here at least. What does that mean? It means what it means, Uh, I'm alone. But you weren't at one point? I was traveling with a few friends. Where are they? I don't know, we got separated.
14: I'm trying to find my way back to the road. Do you know where it is? I mean, I have a pretty good idea, but if you know- I don't. So you're lost too?
4: I'm not lost. Sure,
14: me either. Where are you heading?
4: None of your business.
14: Okay, I see how it is. Good. Hey, I get it. You don't trust me. I don't really trust you, so it makes us even. The problem is, you have my gun, and you're in my camp, so...
4: When he turned his head, I caught a glimpse of three prominent scratches down his cheek to his neck, and that's when I remembered. Pull down your collar and turn. What? Pull down your collar and turn around.
14: Uh, okay.
4: He slowly did as I instructed. But as he turned, I saw no tattoo. Keep spinning, all the way back around. All right. Good, nothing. Lift your shirt. I don't have another gun. Lift. Fine. See, clean. He didn't have any visible tattoos. I know that didn't clear him. There were a lot of those assholes but I figured it didn't hurt to check.
14: I know what you're doing. What? I know what you're looking for. I know why you're worried about the scratches.
4: What are you talking about?
14: I see it in your eyes.
4: <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Stop. He moved toward me a little. I'm not one of them. I stared at him, trying to read his face. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm, I'm not them. Who? Those crazy jerks who drive around shooting at people. They do a lot more than just shoot people. I know. Had a visit from one of them. Got the marks to prove it. He motioned to his cheek. They did that?
14: Fucking asshole snuck up on me when I was sleeping. A couple of nights ago. I fought him off though, shit. When I saw you, I thought, crap, they're back. <laughs> but no, they don't really work with women.
4: They just kidnapped them.
14: Yeah, I believe so. And a lot of them have tattoos, so I figured that's what you were looking for.
4: That doesn't clear you. Seriously? Yeah. You could still be one of them. Or hell, maybe you're not, but that hardly makes you trustworthy. Fair enough. So, uh, what do we do? We? We do nothing. You stay here while I leave. Fine. But you can't take my rifle. (laughs) I'm not leaving it.
14: You can't leave me here without protection. The hell I can't. I won't make it. Did you hear the creatures last night? There have been thrashers in the area. And what did those guys show up again?
4: I'm not leaving the gun. An awkward silence fell as the man looked around and rubbed his chin, contemplating. Where are you heading? (sighs) West. I kept the north part to myself. West to where? Don't worry about it. Well, are you lost? I didn't answer. Listen, listen. I have
14: an idea. Why don't we travel together? There's safety in numbers. No. Come on, we can head to the road. I have a good idea where it is. You do? We were traveling on it for a while, till we found the trail. It can't be too far.
4: Why are you camping out here then?
14: Me and my group got separated when Thrashers attacked. Unlike you, I was heading east, but I knew this creek. Me and my group were here a few nights ago when I stumbled upon it. I felt it was as good a place as any to wait for them, but now that I've been here for a day and a half, I don't know if I want to wait any longer. I definitely don't if you take my gun.
4: I didn't know whether to believe him or not, but I couldn't leave his gun here. I know what Mark would say. Mark would say we need to take his gun and leave him, regardless of his pleading.
14: I'm telling you, this could work for us.
4: I don't want to go to the highway. They patrol the highways.
14: You're right, I get that. So we'll hop on the trail instead. There's one that runs along the highway. They both go west.
4: Okay, and? And you know
14: it's a good idea.
4: But you were heading east.
14: Yeah, but right now, I'm just trying to find my group.
4: And you think heading west with me is the way to do that?
14: Let's face it, there's a chance my whole party is gone. There's a small town west of here, devoid of people and plants. If I don't find my group, at least I could hold up there. It's better than out here.
4: There's also a town southeast of here.
14: Well, I haven't been there. I don't know what's east. I think heading west is a better option for me. And traveling together is safer than traveling alone.
4: (sighs) This is exactly the type of thing Ryan warned me about.
14: I get it. I do. But how about this? You can hold on to my rifle the whole time. Just promise me if we come under attack, you'll rethink things so I don't wind up alien snack food.
4: I bit my lip, thinking about the best course of action. I didn't trust him, that's for sure. I took one more scan of the camp. I wasn't sure what I was looking for, but I looked nonetheless. If I left him, there's a good chance he'd follow me. I was lost, while I wanted to avoid the highway. If he really did know how to get to the trail... Well? If you try anything...
14: I won't. Keep the rifle,
4: whatever it takes. Fine. But we're leaving now. Works for me. After about 20 minutes, we diverted from the creek as it started to wind its way back east.
14: Me and my group were traveling together a long time. Sure, we lost people on the way, but we smartened up, you know? We were just searching for a good place to call home. The alien plants were everywhere and we were sick of it, but then all this shit happens and I find myself alone. Fucking sucks.
4: The guy's name was Cal and he talked a lot.
14: I figured my friends would try for the creek we camped there before.
4: You mentioned that.
14: Yeah, but I can't believe they never showed. At least if we get close to the highway, I can maybe look out for them on our way to town.
4: I'm not going to any town.
14: Oh, I meant me. When I get to town. Me and my group are on the highway for a long time before we hit that Greenville place or whatever. Greenville? I think that's what it's called. No, wait. Glenville. Yeah. Yeah. Glenville. After that town, we found a trail and kept heading east. Thrashers showed up and here I am backtracking.
4: Cal walked a good 10 feet in front of me at all times. I wanted to keep that distance. I needed to.
14: How many run-ins have you had with Thrashers? You know that's what they're called, right? Thrashers, scary beasts. Actually, now that I think about it, how long have you been walking? How long have you been out here?
4: But I didn't answer him. Cal asked a lot of questions too. Hello. He spun around, causing me to stop.
14: What's going on?
4: Nothing. But that was a lie. Before we left the camp, I checked Cal's backpack. There were no weapons other than a rusted pocket knife, which I let him keep. But during my search, I found a small black journal. That I snuck into my pack when he turned away. The last couple breaks we took to drink, I read a little of it, without him noticing. I skimmed through while we walked, too.
14: Okay. Still not much of a talker. I'm just trying to lighten the mood, you know?
4: There's no need to. Now come on, keep going.
14: Okay. I just think at some point you're going to have to let your guard down. We can help each other. I told you. I don't like being alone, and you can't either. I can't? No, you can't like being alone.
4: I'm actually getting used to it. I snuck out the journal again and flipped through. There was a lot written in here, and while I couldn't read it all, I definitely read enough. I just needed this guy's help to find...
14: Hey, look, there's the trail. I told you. I knew it wasn't far from the creek. This trail runs along the highway.
4: We were actually at a cross section. There's two trails.
14: Yeah, but Blue Post. It's this way. Ah, shit. Don't worry. That sounded far away.
4: Not far enough.
14: Well, like I said, we'll stay off the highway, but maybe if... That trail heads south. What? No. It's west. Me and my group took it this way from Glenville. See the post? I remember that one.
4: There's a lot of posts on the trails.
14: I remember this one. It heads west.
4: It heads south. How do you know? I held up the compass.
14: Oh, well... Okay, maybe it's just south for a little bit, but I'm telling you it winds west.
4: No. Blue post means north-south.
14: Me and my group took it.
4: And how many did you say were in your party?
14: Four. There were four of us, but there used to be more. Right. Still skeptical, huh? You don't have any reason to be. No? I told you, I don't want any trouble.
4: Then why are you leading me into danger? I'm not. I was trying to find this trail,
14: and I did. It runs east-west along the highway.
4: No. The Orange Post. That trail runs east west. This one intersects with the highway. His mouth twitched. He was trying to come up with something.
14: Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's the one I'm thinking of then.
4: Uh huh. Who's JR? What? JR. It was written on the top of your water bottle.
14: Uh, it was my friend's water bottle. Those are his initials. Seriously, what's going on? His? What?
4: His initials?
14: Jr. stands for Jonathan Rodriguez.
4: No, it doesn't. It stands for Josie Roberts. His mouth clenched. What? Josie Roberts. I tossed the journal at his feet. She wrote quite a bit. Her entries must have stopped when she got caught. Last one mentioned some people chasing her. Was she the one who gave you those scratches? He smirked sardonically. All of a sudden, his nervousness had subsided, replaced by an air of arrogance and smugness.
14: Okay, okay, you got me. Congratulations. Where'd you find that?
4: In your pack, back at the camp. Josie's camp.
14: Wow, you've known for a while, and you just let me talk and talk.
4: You seem to like it.
14: It was fun, but I guess acting isn't my strong suit.
4: Nope, but thank you for leading me to the trails.
14: Well, now you know. Not all of us have tattoos, but hey, we're really not that bad. So why don't you just come with me? You'll be welcome in our group. I don't think I will. I'll explain to them that you just want to head west and they
4: And they'll just let me mosey on my way? Sure. Like Josie?
14: Well, poor Josie wasn't allowed to leave. That's why we had to track her down when she ran off. But we'll make an exception for you.
4: Yeah, I believe that. I aim the revolver at his chest.
14: We're pretty close to the highway. If you shoot me, they'll hear it. I don't care. You should, because there's 50 of us on the north side of the lake.
4: In a second, there's only going to be 49.
14: Really? That's a hell of a threat. Have you killed before? Once you do, you can't go back.
4: I'm not worried.
14: Don't be stupid. Put the gun down and go with me. We could use a woman like you in our group. Smart, resourceful, pretty.
4: It was obvious he wasn't taking me seriously. My heart was beating rapidly, but I tried not to show any weakness, keeping my hands as steady as possible.
14: See? Close. Just take it easy and follow me.
4: He took a couple steps towards the Blue Post Trail. Stop!
14: No, you stop.
4: He spun around angrily.
14: Stop pretending you're gonna shoot me.
4: I've killed before. I can kill again.
14: Now it's you who's lying. I'm not. You are, I can see it in your eyes, and I'm good at reading people. You haven't killed anyone, and you don't wanna start now.
4: Now he was coming towards me. Stop.
14: Just be a good girl and hand me that gun. This was fun, but playtime's over.
4: He was close to me now. My finger still hovered over the trigger.
14: Glenville's a nice town. We all get along. We have food, water, beds, and all kinds of supplies.
4: I'm heading to Bodega Bay, and no one is gonna stop me from reaching my goal.
14: Bodega Bay, huh? Interesting. That's a far trek. Can't wait till the guys hear about that.
4: But they won't. My jaw tightened as his eyes widened. I wasn't worried about him saying a thing. I raised the gun. Aimed at his head.
14: They'll come for you. All of them. And when they find you, they'll fucking drag you back to town. Naked and hogtied, and you'll wish you didn't set foot in. This is for
4: Josie. You
13: bitch! (coughs)
12: You don't think they heard us drive up? We parked in the same area as last time.
13: They
2: didn't hear you then? No, but that ended up screwing us over.
12: So then maybe we should drive up and walk all the way back?
10: What do you think, Nia?
2: <sighs> I think things are a little different this time.
10: Let's hope not.
2: What do you see, Terrell? Nothing yet. Terrell used to be a guard for the QZ. I remember seeing him around a few times, but... It wasn't until the final days of preparing for our trip that we finally got acquainted. Still didn't know much about him, except that he liked working out and he was good with guns. I did find out later that he was a single father who lost his daughter early on in the invasion. But Sammy told me that, not him.
13: Yeah,
14: I'm not seeing anything. Oh, wait. What? I got movement up top near the back.
2: We were at the edge of the woods to the right of the base. We sat atop a hill, looking over the field and base before us.
11: By the spotlight?
2: Yeah, see him? While Terrell looked through his scope, Annie used binoculars.
11: I do now. Just came around the side.
10: Did they have guards before?
11: Yeah, but it was dark.
14: Ah, there. Another person. A woman just made her way up that ladder.
2: I see her.
10: Let me take a
14: look.
2: Annie passed the binoculars over to Gail.
10: Hmm, only two guards?
2: Apparently.
12: What does that mean?
2: I don't know. I stayed back with the vehicles last time. Annie?
11: We spotted four guards before they hit us with the spotlights. Odds are there were more with how quick they were to respond.
10: And things didn't go so well.
11: Not at all. Those trees over there, we went along the side before they spotted us. We weren't as sneaky as we hoped. Then maybe we shouldn't be sneaky this time.
10: Annie, do any of those people look familiar?
2: No, but it's hard to tell from this far out. Mia? Let let me see. I took the binoculars from Gail and checked on the two guards walking along the catwalk. We really were far away, and it was hard to see anything other than that the woman looked to have red hair under her ball cap. Uh, they don't look familiar, but we didn't meet everyone. I thought they had a small group. They do, but you know things are hectic last time. We weren't properly introduced, I remember. I handed the binoculars back to Annie.
10: But that guy there, he's not Keaton or Grant?
2: No. That we know for sure.
14: The fact that there are only two guards can mean something good, right?
2: I just shrugged.
10: Well, if sneaking didn't work last time, maybe we should just try a new tactic.
2: Terrell, you stay back and give us cover fire? Sure,
14: yeah. I can do that. But are you guys seriously just gonna walk up there?
2: I will. Why don't you all stay back?
14: Mia, please.
2: Yeah, you're not going alone.
12: It doesn't look like too many people. We could definitely take them.
14: You might want to switch from your bow.
12: Have you seen me with my bow? guarantee I could hit way more than with any gun. Hey, there's
11: someone else. They just climbed the ladder. Yeah? I recognize him. You do? Yeah, it was, um, uh, Luke. That's it. Luke. Luke? He was the one who figured out the mess up. Called for a ceasefire. He wasn't too fond of us.
10: You sure it's him?
11: I'm sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember him now. He wore sunglasses and seemed like he wanted to fight Travis.
12: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's definitely a good sign. Him being there, not wanting to fight Travis.
2: It is a good sign, but let's stick with our plan. Darrell? I got you. All right, good. But if things do get bad, get back and tell the others. I'll do that.
10: But only after I take a couple of them out first. <sighs>
2: Okay, let's go see what's going on.
4: dark to see now, but I didn't want to stop. What if they're still following you? What if they're still tracking you? What if- Ah! 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 I tripped over a root and found myself laying in a ditch. I'd been running off and on for hours, but tripping over that root reminded me how dangerous this was. I was cautious before. But now it was dark, and I was still running. Time to call it quits, Ava. There was no way they'd follow me this far. I ended up taking the Blue Post Trail north. I need to cut west at some point, and maybe that would be my journey tomorrow. (sighs) The only breaks I took were to drink, and now I was running low. All that water from the creek wasted because I was forced to run for my life. But I was worried what that gunshot would bring. I never did see any of the other men, though. (sighs) Better to be safe than sorry. That's when my mind flashed to Cal's face. The spit shooting from his lips as he shouted at me. Right before I, I, I couldn't believe I killed someone. And like that. (sighs) But I had to. I wanted to keep moving. I wanted to get out of these woods but I decided to take it slower. My legs were on fire. And as before I ran into Cal, my mind started drifting again. This time it was all about the trek west. How many things I had seen and done. The escape from New York, Braden's cabin, the lie about Dr. Bennett, Jay disappearing, the truck, the chains, Melissa and her dad, the farmhouse and Teddy and his daughters, the bikers, the horses, the fire, Brielle, The battle. Mark. Ramona. Connor. The plane. Lake Isabella. And now this. I was feeling depressed now. My mind wandered more, and I started to think what others may be going through. This nightmare happened to everyone, and for some reason, that made me even more depressed.
2: This was probably a really dumb idea, but the sight of Luke gave us hope. So, now me and Gail were approaching the base, slowly. Annie and Harlow were about ten yards behind us, staying behind the nearest hill. Terrell was even further back, keeping watch.
10: I don't like this, Mia. Was it this quiet last time? I know they don't have a lot of people, but...
2: No, it wasn't. We had our guns at the ready. I just carried a Taurus G3, but Gale carried a Mossberg 930. We were fine if we were up against a few people, but if the base was taken over by the bandits Grant warned us about... Hello! Jesus! What? You startled me. Warn me next time you're about to shout.
10: They saw us up there. They did? Yeah, I saw someone peek over.
2: Yet they don't say anything back guilt shrugged and we stopped a good 30 yards from the nearest wall.
10: I'm gonna shout again. Yeah, good.
2: HELLO! I looked back to see Annie and Harlow with their heads poking up over the hill. put my hand up in an effort to tell them to hold position.
10: Yeah, I don't like this at all.
2: <sighs> I mean, maybe we should- Wait! What? Over there. Out of the main entrance came a man with a brown long sleeve shirt and jeans. Hey. Grant. Grant hurried up to us, alone.
10: Is everything okay?
2: But Grant didn't say anything else until he was no more than five feet away.
10: <sighs> You're here.
2: Grant, is everything okay?
10: You really shouldn't have come. Well, what happened? Where's the rest of the group? About a day and a half back. How many are here now? Five of us.
2: Why, are you in trouble? He stared off a moment, as if he wanted to ask something else. My hands were sweaty. I not sure what was going on, but I knew things weren't good. Just then, Annie and Harlow started walking up.
10: I really wish you guys would have arrived sooner. Grant,
2: just tell us if you need- But he put his hand up to say stop. Then he abruptly turned around and faced the wall of the base. Five! Grant? He turned back around to face us.
10: I'm... Sorry.
2: Suddenly people appeared at the top of the wall. And not just the three we saw earlier, but nearly twenty. Before I could say something, time slowed drastically from that first bullet on. Blood spurted from Gail's neck. Ah. Annie was hitting her shoulder, then thigh, and
13: stomach.
2: Harlow raised her bow, but it was all for nothing.
13: Ah. The bullets tore through her.
2: All these bullets whizzing by, and somehow neither me nor Grant didn't move much outside, scrunching up his shoulders and closing his eyes, probably praying he didn't catch a bullet. And maybe because he was standing directly in front of me was why I was yet to be struck, but the bullets didn't stop, and I felt like I actually saw one graze Grant's sleep and fly right under my elbow. I too planned to aim my gun as the bodies fell around me, but another second later, the first bullet hit me in the right arm. Because I was still standing, All the focus was on me now. The bullets rained down, zipping by grant. Another one hitting me in my right leg, and another through my side. I fell back onto the soft grass, staring up at the bright, sunny, cloudless sky. I wasn't so much in pain, but shock. This is what Chris and Gil were worried about, and at one time, Roger, we were ambushed. tilted my head to the right. Gail was still there, right next to me, still struggling to breathe. I then turned my head the other way to see Annie and Harlow, their lifeless bodies staring up at the sky. Thought about Terrell. Did they get him too? There was so much gunfire. As I stared back up at the sky, I heard footsteps. Eventually, Grant came into view.
10: I'm so sorry. I didn't have a choice.
4: A week later and I was still traveling along the edge of the Sequoia National Forest. I saw signs for Fresno, but I wasn't sure if I reached it yet. Eventually, I would have to head further west, but I was dreading it. Every so often, I would hit a small town which would be covered in overgrowth, and the thought of traveling through it was scary. But after nearly two weeks on my own, I was finally able to get some sleep at night. But I never slept long. My back was sore, even though my pack was lighter. I managed to walk a good deal every day. In fact, this was probably the most I've walked in a week, ever. I would need to stop again soon to look for food, but there were surprisingly a lot of cars on this road. I was heading somewhere called Mariposa. Although I would divert onto one of the trails again soon, the last town I passed was brightly lit and lively. I watched from afar, and while it may have been a safe place, I didn't want to chance it. With each passing day, I was much closer, and I didn't want to slow my progress. sitting in some bushes overlooking a large lake watching two huge ships hover over the horizon as they slowly moved east the alien activity over here was in abundance luckily there were still wide swaths of untouched land but just from my spot i could see alien growth all along the northern part of the lake covering homes and businesses with green blue vines and would look like giant mushrooms A shiver ran through me as I thought about what the next few days would bring. But right now, I was close to San Francisco. The last week was rough. Rain, ships, dying shriekers, several herds of thrashers, a convoy of people, and an earthquake. Although that was most likely caused by a ship. The scariest moment so far was in a small town called Lodi. I was sleeping in the den of a small home on the outskirts of the town, which was covered in vegetation. At night, a few stalkers had made their way in. I had to hide behind a bookshelf until they left. There were only two, but I wasn't looking for a fight. Their noises still freaked me out. What a horrible night. Each day was a struggle to lay low. I'd seen many survivors and survivor groups, but avoided each one. I swore to myself I wouldn't be surprised again, like I was with Cal. Even yesterday, the young woman looking for her pet. I didn't approach. It hurt my heart to watch the girl in raggedy clothes walk aimlessly through the field of brush, calling out, Luna! But things were different now. I couldn't get attached to anyone. My desire to help had waned. What was I becoming? A loner? A survivor? It's crazy how three weeks alone helped to solidify the ideas that Mark tried to ingrain in me from the get-go. He was right, but I always knew he was right. It didn't mean I still didn't want to try and help when I could, but now, alone, I didn't feel the same. Even with Brian Connor, I knew things had really changed for me. Did that mean I was taking advantage of Mark? because he was always there to protect me? I couldn't think about that now. The last few nights were quiet on this road. I slept in a vehicle every night, but now, I was using one to hide in. Again, I heard shouts. A large group of people were in a small town just north of here, I heard them. I was trying to divert until they caught the attention of a herd of thrashers. Now there was a war going on and I was right in the middle. I put my backpack on top of me as I wedged myself between the front and the back seats. Oh man, was I safe? Maybe for now. The sun was going down. Maybe this is where I would sleep for tonight. It wasn't comfortable, but it would do. Three weeks alone. And the closer I got to the Dega Bay, the more dangerous and scary things became. The next morning, the area was quiet, the only movement coming from a few birds on a telephone wire, fluttering their feathers and looking down at the carnage. I walked through the small town, dead thrashers and humans everywhere. I had my gun up and made my way through cautiously. If anyone became a shrieker, they must have run off already. One of the blackbirds possibly a red wing, since I caught a glimpse of the color, flew between me and a wrecked van. I shouldn't walk down the main street. So I turned down an alley and passed a few houses. Everything was covered in alien vegetation, and I could tell it had been growing for a while. The stalks of the blue-green plants were nearly as tall as me. Yellowish vines ran down every building. I'd be more fascinated if I wasn't so scared. Another two days passed and I was somewhere between Vallejo and Napa. I'd gotten lost the other day while hiking near some wineries, all of which were covered in alien growth. In fact, I was near one now. And since I was really low on water, it was time to scrounge again. I walked into the front office area, past the sign for free tastings. Every window in here was shattered. The vines and plants had made their way inside, making it look like the outside. The ground and counter were slimy and wet. I didn't really want to touch anything, but I needed to at least look. I went behind the bar, searching underneath. There was a smashed cooler and a couple boxes, all empty. (sighs) Damn. I was near the end of the bar where a cupboard was covered by vines. I was about to push them back with the barrel of my gun when... What the? There was some kind of slug crawling up the stem. The slug was a bright blue and orange, unlike anything I've seen outside of maybe sea slugs. In fact... The vibrant colors and small tendrils running down its back reminded me exactly of a sea slug. Hmm. I used the barrel of my gun to lift the leaf. It now slid along. It was moving much faster than a normal slug. I watched it munch the leaf. Three small black slits on its back moved up and down in a fluttering motion. Gills, perhaps? Holy shit. Was this really another alien creature? Oh no. The front door opened. I stayed crouched as someone entered.
15: Um, hello? I remained still. I, uh, saw someone come in here. Hello?
4: Shit. I'd been able to avoid people for so long, but now I was trapped. The only other door was on the opposite side of the bar.
15: I don't have a weapon, and I mean no harm. Hello?
4: I sprung up and aimed my gun.
15: Whoa, 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 please!
4: The man had his hands up. His curly hair bounced as he jumped back.
15: I, uh, don't want any trouble.
4: Who are you with? No one. But my eyes darted around the room, peering out each window.
15: I swear, I'm alone. Why'd you come in here? I saw you come in. So? So, another person. It's been a week since I've seen anyone.
4: I eyed him suspiciously. I thought back on Cal. I didn't want another situation like that.
15: I don't have a weapon. Or at least, not a gun. Just a knife. A small knife. That's it? He slowly
4: slid the backpack off his shoulders and lowered it to the ground. He then put his hands up again.
15: You can check. I mean it. How
4: do you not have a weapon?
15: I mean, I had a gun, but lost it. You lost it? When I was running away from those creatures, I... Dropped it. I
4: slowly made my way around the bar. Why did you come in here?
15: I told you. I saw you enter. So what? I wanted to talk. Why? Because. I looked
4: him up and down. I don't have time to talk.
15: Where are you heading? Or do you live around here?
4: I won't answer that.
15: I swear to you. You
4: know it's dangerous to approach strange people.
15: You were alone. I thought it might be a, a little safer. Alone? You sure about that? No, I'm not. He
4: looked around the room, though, then shrugged, calling my bluff. I'm not looking for any friends.
15: Okay, okay. I understand. Sorry.
4: <sighs> Sit. Sit. He cleared off some grime from one of the still-standing bar stools. I did the same, taking a seat about ten feet
15: away. I'm from Dixon. You know where that is? No. East of here. Listen, uh... Mario.
4: Listen, Mario. I don't have time to sit here and chat. I'm not looking for any company. I've had that. Lost it. And I won't trust anyone else to join me. Last thing I want is to be sleeping and having you slit my throat. Steal my things. Or both. I wouldn't do that. I held up my hand as if to say, hold on. I don't know what kind of guy you are. I've met a lot of different people on my trip. I've helped some, but not others. I've been threatened, held hostage, but also met a lot of people who've been nothing but kind. But now, on my own, only a few more days from my destination, I can't take any more chances. Okay?
15: Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I understand.
4: Good. Good. We sat in an awkward silence for a few moments. I could tell he wanted to say something, then-
15: If you plan to head west, don't go through San Francisco.
4: I'm already aware.
15: But if you head north- Yeah? Much better.
4: I think he saw the hopefulness in my eyes because he continued on.
15: Especially straight north from here. I saw it, no alien plants. Good. Is that where you're heading?
4: Yeah, that's where I'm heading. surprised I didn't feel bad for leaving Mario sitting there on the stool by himself but I didn't. The whole next day I made sure he wasn't following me He wasn't. He was telling the truth though. There wasn't any growth up here. Granted now I was heading more west I saw a sign for Santa Rosa but I needed to bypass it so I stuck to smaller streets and country roads the anticipation was killing me I couldn't sleep anymore, I just kept dreaming of seeing Scott again. The next day, I ended up walking 35 miles. Another day, I was still on Highway 1, but walking was a little more challenging as I twisted my ankle jumping over a wire fence. Now I had to slow my pace. The sun would be going down soon. I really didn't want to stop, but now with my ankle... Yeah, maybe I should, but then something happened... I caught a whiff of salty air. It came rolling through the hills. No way. I got off the road and slid between a truck and a fence post. I went up a hill, fighting the pain. (laughs) Come on, Eva, come on, just see, just see. I climbed past two dead cows and a telephone pole. The smell was stronger, the excitement larger. I got to the top of the hill. There it was, the ocean. I followed the coastline with my eyes all the way north, where I saw faint specks of light. A town, Bottega Bay.
8: Ah oh, Man, my arms are killing me.
14: You'll get used to it.
8: It's been two weeks. I took my gloves off and shoved them into my pocket. Our shift was over.
14: Come on, Jay.
8: And followed Andy to the street. I was so happy that not only was this place safe, but that Dad and Andy decided to stay. There were so many times during the whole trip that I had never thought I'd make it, but here I was.
14: You talked to housing?
8: You mean again?
14: I mean about moving in with us.
8: Oh, uh, no. Seriously? I like living with Kylie and Ambridge. It's just three of us. We're used to that.
14: RVs have to have four occupants. They'll assign someone eventually.
8: Yeah, I know. But at least me, Kylie, and Ambridge would be together. We can deal with one rando.
14: So what? You don't want to help me with Dad?
8: I didn't say that. I'm here, aren't I? On the opposite side of town. It's like a 20-minute walk. Plus, your place is crowded. Houses have to have, what, like 10
14: people? Depends on the house. Me, Dad, Denise, Bridger. We were able to stick together because we bunked with the Cohen family. And they're nice people. So nice, in fact, we could probably get you moved over in a couple of days. Okay... But we have to act fast. Otherwise, we may be stuck with, as you say, a rando.
8: (sighs) Okay, Andy. I get it.
14: I know what this is really about. What? That chick, Kylie. What about her? You two have a thing. Uh, what? No, we don't. You think she's gonna be fucking around on you if you move out?
8: We aren't a couple.
14: No? (sighs)
8: No, what? Why would you say that?
14: Come on. You don't see the way she looks at you? Plus the teasing.
8: She's like that with Ambridge, too. It's, that's just her personality. Okay, Jay. Her and Ambridge spend more time together, too. Especially here.
14: That doesn't necessarily mean anything. If there's nothing there, then there's nothing there.
8: I thought that there could be something there. With me. At one point. But with the trek and everything we went through, that feeling kind of disappeared. You really think so? But Andy just shrugged.
14: You'd know better than me, but hey, talk to housing. Figure things out. I don't know if we can fit three more people, but maybe two. You know, just in case.
8: (laughs) Uh, okay.
14: Good. I'll see you tomorrow then.
8: Bodega Bay was surrounded by walls, vehicles, brick, and fences. The barrier went for miles, some places being more secure than others, but for the most part, the area was safe and guarded. But as more people came in daily, they tried to accommodate everyone. Eventually, they would run out of available living spaces. But while they weren't worried about that just yet, they still took precautions. That's why homes and RVs and tents were shared. Often, you didn't get a say, although they tried their best to keep parties and families intact, which was nice. I was walking along the East Shore Road, back to our current home, an RV at the north end of the RV park, not far from where me and Andy worked. I made my way through the broken fence and over to our yellow RV. how was work? It was fine. How was guard duty?
5: Good, although they keep moving us.
8: Kylie was sitting, curled up on the couch, a magazine in her lap. Where's Ambridge?
5: Pelican Plaza. He wanted to get some more food, so I gave him my cards.
8: Oh, I was hungry. But after my conversation with Andy, the hunger went away. I still rummaged through the cupboards for something. Maybe just a snack.
5: You like working the later shift?
8: It's okay, but I missed the 11 a.m. start time.
5: See if you can switch back.
8: Andy doesn't want to, so...
5: If you're hungry, Ambridge should be back soon.
8: I'm really not. I just want something small. Something... Ugh. Never mind. You okay? I don't know.
5: It's about your family, isn't it?
8: (sighs) Yeah... I sat at the table across from the kitchen. Kylie came over and sat opposite me. Do you want to move? I'd already talked to her about this a few days ago. No, I told you. I like staying with you guys. We've been together a long time and I... I just don't like the idea of... Well...
5: I get it. Then just tell your brother that you don't want to. It's that simple.
8: But he wants more help with dad.
5: Doesn't his wife and son help out? They do. I think your family misses you. That's all.
8: I get it. But they've been without me for a while. <sighs> I'm just not sure what I should do. Kylie got up and moved to my side of the table, forcing me to scoot in closer to the window.
5: If you're worried about Ambridge and me. What do you mean? Well, if you're worried about us getting along without you.
8: What? You guys like each
5: other? <laughs> no. I mean, if you. If you think we'd be upset, <laughs> jeez.
8: Oh, there was a weird awkwardness now.
5: I'm sorry, but I like Ambridge as a friend. There wouldn't be any funny business.
8: Oh, that's, uh, interesting. Is it? Well, yeah. Because my brother actually said something about that.
5: About what? Me and Ambridge?
8: No. About, um... He, uh... He had a funny idea that you and I were together or something. Really? Yeah, he said because we teased each other and... And what? And the way you looked at me. But I told him you were like that with Ambridge, too. You did? Yeah.
5: But... I'm not.
8: I turned to face her. No? No. I wasn't sure what to say. Did she mean that... Did she mean... Kylie, um... Can I... Can I ask you a question? Do you think... Do you... I mean, we've been together a while, and I was just wondering. Kylie leaned in and kissed me. I was in utter shock.
5: Sorry. I got tired of waiting. And I think that's where you were going with your question. But now I'm hoping I was right.
8: Uh, yeah. You were.
5: I've wanted to do that for a while.
8: Me too. I just thought-
5: Stop thinking, Jay. Stop questioning things all the time. Okay?
8: (laughs) Okay. I put my arms around her and we kissed again. This time, longer.
9: couldn't believe how busy it was here. I knew it was 24 hours, but I thought it would thin out after dark. Oh well. I pushed through the crowd until I was outside the grocery store. The store looked to be better stocked tonight than it did the week before. I took the ration cards out of my pocket and quickly counted them. It still blew my mind that this system worked, but I couldn't complain. I grabbed a bag of chips, some bread, a couple cans of mixed vegetables, and 20 pieces of dried meat. I should have enough to cover this. Oh, wait, eggs. Yeah, that's right. I went to the back corner of the store and grabbed a basket of eggs. While the store was still used for groceries, it wasn't set up like it was before the apocalypse. Many of the aisles were removed and now used as part of the border wall. In their stead, plastic tables. There were only two registers open, so the lines were long. As I waited my turn, I noticed a woman outside with a slight limp, who looked strangely familiar. She walked by the front doors under a lantern and then disappeared into the crowd. Is that someone I knew? Oh, I couldn't be. I carried my bag carefully through the crowd. Last time I ruined a couple of eggs bumping into someone. Wouldn't make that mistake again. But as I made my way to the sea of people, I searched for the woman. She was wearing jeans and a gray long sleeve shirt. She also had a backpack, but as I scanned the area, I saw no one matched. No one with a. There she was. The backpack resting at her feet as she showed a picture to some guy wearing a beanie. Who the hell was that? Why did she look so familiar? Then bam! It hit me. Holy fucking shit.
14: Sorry, no. It doesn't look familiar. Did you check the registry?
4: Yeah, I signed it.
14: Everyone who's here is in there.
4: That's what I heard. But I've also heard they take people out if they leave and maybe...
14: Sorry, I still don't know.
9: The man shrugged and trotted off just as I walked up. She was putting the photo away in her pocket when she was startled by my presence. Oh.
4: Uh, hello? Ava? How do you know that?
9: (laughs) Holy shit! You don't remember me. No. But I didn't say anything right away. Her eyes seemed to try to place me and I let her take her time. Ten seconds later...
4: Wait a second. New York. The army guy. Um, I, uh... Ambridge. How? Jay. Jay? Wait, what? What?
9: Oh man, is he going to be excited. I walked in to find Kylie and Jay push away from their embrace. Kylie leapt up from the table, wiping her mouth.
5: Uh, what the hell's
9: going on in here? Nothing? Yeah, nothing. Oh, holy shit, it's about time.
5: (laughs) Oh, please, don't do this.
9: (laughs) Yeah, uh, we were just talking. Sure you were. I'd say sorry to interrupt, except I got a big surprise for Jay. At the store? Yeah, that's right. I stepped aside to let Ava enter. Her eyes were glassy in the moment she saw Jay, a tear slid down her cheek.
4: Ava? Jay!
9: They ran to each other and embraced.
8: Oh, oh my god. How? When?
4: I, I was going to ask you the same thing. Holy shit.
8: Yeah. They hugged for a
9: long time as me and Kylie stood there awkwardly, letting them have their moment.
4: (laughs) Ambridge didn't say much. He wanted me to talk to you. So how? How are you here? When, when did you get here? I, I thought you were dead.
9: You did? I nudged Kylie and motioned to the door. She nodded. Hey, uh, me and Kylie are gonna go check the bulletin board for tomorrow.
8: Uh, okay. Yeah. Wait, now?
9: Give you guys some time to catch up.
4: You don't have to leave.
9: It's fine. Put the groceries down, but grab the bag of chips.
5: I can't believe she's here.
9: I can't believe I saw what I saw. You guys were just talking, huh? I handed her the bag of chips.
5: Oh, shut up.
4: Okay, so tell me. Tell me everything.
8: Okay, yeah, I will. But first, where's Mark?
4: I bit my lip and looked away for a moment trying to suppress all my feelings. Mark didn't make it. Oh. I wasn't sure how I wanted to proceed. Uh, He helped me get here, though. He helped me get to California. If it wasn't for him, I'd be dead.
8: That is like Mark.
4: Yeah. Okay, so tell me. In New York, you and Serena got separated. What happened?
8: Oh, man. Well.
4: He proceeded to tell me everything, every little detail. He told me of Serena's death, the chase, the woods, Ambridge finding him. Then he told me about a church and Ambridge's friends, York, and the ship. I learned all about Harris and the people with pie, the alien vegetation and their travel west. I found out that they ate the vegetation and got attacked by a helicopter, Harris's death, and their time in Denver. I learned all about Mia and Kylie and the QZ they stayed in for a long time looking for a vehicle. He told me about the bikes, the desert, and the storm. But when he got to Ramona, I stopped him. Wait, you went to Ramona?
8: Yeah, to hopefully meet up with you
4: and Mark. Oh, so wait, did you go to Christina's place? Did you look for Scott?
8: Yeah, it wasn't easy to find. Remember, I've only been there twice, but we found it, and I left the note. That's why you're here, right?
4: It was like a punch in the gut. I couldn't breathe. You left the note? I got
8: the idea from Kylie's friend, Mia. Before we left, I rushed to put it up. I put it on the door so you wouldn't miss it, even though I wasn't sure if you'd made it before us.
4: You left the note. Yeah. Then his demeanor changed and he seemed to realize my pain. Oh. So, you never saw Scott? He wasn't there?
8: No. We didn't see anyone.
4: But you...
12: you left the note.
8: I'm sorry, Ava.
4: myself to continue our catching up but eventually I needed to get some air. Now I was sitting on some rocks, overlooking the bay. Several sailboats moved through the small channel, heading out to the ocean. My heart hurt, but I was so tired of crying. I must have been sitting here for an hour, just playing past scenarios in my head. All this time, Jay left the note and as happy as I was to reunite with him, I couldn't help but wonder what happened to Scott, and my mom, and Christina, and Cooper. (laughs) All this time holding out hope, and for it to end like this? What did you expect, Ava? You really thought you would get a happily ever after? After everything you've seen? (sighs) Another 20 minutes passed when I heard footsteps. I thought it was Jay but no hey hi
9: sorry I don't mean to bother you especially right now Jay told us he left the note yeah mind if I sit
4: I shook my head no and he plopped next to me
9: Jay only told us some of the stuff you went through seemed like some tough shit
4: you guys had some intense experiences as well
9: we did but we made it
4: not to be rude but why are you here
9: Did Jay tell you about my parents?
4: He told me you looked for them, but they weren't in Denver.
9: And I have no idea where they are.
4: And how does that sit with you?
9: Not well. I'd give anything to see my parents or sister right now.
4: So you came over here to share in my agony?
9: (laughs) Not quite. I came to say I understand what you're going through. Oh. I know that doesn't make it easier.
4: No, it doesn't. I just keep replaying different scenarios in my head. All the things that could have been... Don't
9: play the what-if game. It's a game you can't win.
4: (sighs) Right. Well, I had a lot of time to think, and I realized I owe you a thank you. You do? If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have been able to get out of that QZ in New York.
9: Jeez. That was so long ago.
4: Thank you for helping me. And thank you for helping Jay. Of course. We sat for a few moments in silence overlooking the calm water. (laughs) So how do you handle it, then? The unknowing? Yeah. You don't get the urge to go back and search?
9: I really wouldn't know where to start. There are QZs everywhere and not all survived, and the fact that my parents' car wasn't in the driveway tells me they took off. I have no idea where they'd go.
4: Oh. I've been thinking maybe I should go back to San Diego to search. Search my place, search every QZ in the area.
9: Sure, you could do that.
4: But you don't think it's a good idea? (sighs) I didn't say that. How long did it take you to let go of hope?
9: I haven't let go of it. Not fully. I just don't rely on it to keep me going. Jay found his family, and if he told you anything about Mia and Denver, she found hers. There's always a chance, but I decided to focus on the present. What's right in front of me. Ever since I left Denver, that was Kylie and Jay. They became my family. They became my focus.
4: I don't know if it'll be that easy for me. I love Jay, but...
9: It wasn't easy for me either, but I've been taking it one day at a time.
4: Right. Again, more silence. Until Ambridge abruptly stood up.
9: I'm going to leave you alone now. But if there's anything I can do, just let me know. I'm sure Jay feels the same way.
4: (laughs) I'm sure he does.
9: Focusing on what's in front of you doesn't mean giving up on what's not. Just don't let what could have been consume you.
4: And with that, he left. I wasn't sure what was in store for me, but I knew I could never give up hope. Even if I just had to push it aside for the time being. And that's what I would have to do. With things the way they were, I knew it was bound to get worse, not better. I would be forced to change my focus. But right now, I just wanted to sit here. I just wanted to look out at the water. And that's what I did.
1: End of all hope written by Robert M. Lamb edited by Logan Ferdinand and Robert M. Lamb starring Hope Ennis as Ava Adam Jetmore as Jay Jack Austin as Ambridge Gina Coyle as Kylie Evelyn as Brielle Ariel Hack as Mia Stacy Golden as Chris Michael Moman as Roger Brett Wilkins as Travis Joji Bixby as Dana Corey Pettit as Jess Jerry Swindle Jr. as Gail Ian Feller as Hudson Christina Lewis as Annie and Gareth Thomas as Sammy Co-starring Daryl Lamontang Bruce Salia Fran Paredes Adam Iben Mike Lenhart Nick Cornelius Zane Bowman Douglas Solway Wesley Morris, Sage A, Kim S, Nick Keeney, Kira L, Austin Medlin, Demarius Allen, and Ryan Glover. Music provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com Dylan Mixer at DMixMusic.com, and Eldritch T'Challa of Nemesis Black at ReverbNation.com slash Nemesis Black. If you enjoy end of all hope? Visit sevenlamb.com for more podcasts such as this, and don't forget to rate and review. This has been a Seven Lamb production.